Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. Hey listeners, and this is episode here from international expert on leadership and coaching, Rosalie O'Doyne. And if you're interested in hearing more about what I'm doing with maternal health, check out www.rxformom.com and reach out if you are a pediatric pharmacist or pharmacist interested in maternal health. I'm looking for others who are also passionate about that and want to help with some content. Or maybe you're also a mom and have questions just like I did. So reach out. Let me know what you think about this project. All right. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Our guest, Rosalie O'Doyne, is the CEO and founder of Future Edge Group. She is a trusted executive coach and senior leadership consultant focusing on developing leaders within cross-cultural teams. She has spoken on many stages to help companies unlock their global team's full potential. And Rosalie also coaches on three executive leadership programs at the London School of Economics and has worked with leaders at Gallagher, Sony, Santander, HarperCollins, and UNICEF, amongst others. As the CEO of Future Edge Group, she assembled an international team of highly skilled leadership development experts. Together, they have helped countless companies achieve success, both domestically and across the globe. She gained her edge when she turned around a client's train wreck team in 12 weeks. As a fluent speaker of four languages, English, French, Spanish, and Creole, she brings a unique understanding and perspective to her work through cultural intelligence, allowing her to enable powerful leadership transformations. Rosalie is known for her deep commitment to developing leaders across cultures and creating inclusive workplaces that prioritize closing the gender gap and focusing uh, or developing conscious leaders for a better future. Rosalie, uh, thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> well, we're delighted to have you. And um, maybe you could share with our listeners um, a little bit about more about your background, fill in any gaps from that intro or share, you know, where um, a little bit more about your personal life, where you're calling in from in the world today. Yeah, so I am in London in the United Kingdom. Um, I have, I'm not originally from here, actually. I moved here when I was in my 20s. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it's time has gone by so fast. Um, I'm a mom of two, uh, 10 and 14 year old, and my husband is French. So in my house, where it's truly international. Um, yeah, so uh, it's 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 amazing. It's it's very interesting um, living in Europe and uh, working with international teams, as you mentioned, uh, has given me a, a real perspective of the broad, you know, how broad um, and how vast uh, the collective wisdom that we have in the workplace and so I love you know being able to see it and share it and talk about it and help people lead better with that understanding 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, <laughs> we'll be excited about this uh, conversation. We love to um, share with uh, leaders from across the industry, but um, of course, leadership is one of the topics that we love to um, talk about on the podcast. And, um, you know, we have a lot, I'm based in the U.S. We've got a lot of uh, listeners here um, but there are, there are listeners all over the country and, uh, or the world actually. Um, so mm-hmm. maybe you could share a little bit more about, um, you know, how you, um, kind of can help with that inclusive workplace, um, so that teams can thrive and develop their leadership skills and contribute their, bro- their best work. Yeah. So when it comes to what I call cross-cultural leadership, I think the biggest the biggest thing is to understand that we are all different and that each um, each each one of us, when we understand the way that we are individually wired, um, it's so much easier to then open up ourselves to understanding how other people are wired. So in the leadership work that we do, in the leadership development work that we do, we always start any any engagement, any program with self-leadership, right? Understanding how do mm-hmm. I think? Like, what, what do I believe? How do I think? Like, what are the things that define who I am? What is valuable to me? And um, really understanding, having an understanding of, the way that we're wired, the mindsets that drive our decision-making and the actions that we take, when we're conscious of how we behave, then we become more open to understanding how other people think and behave, right? So mm-hmm. this and this is really, really simple. It's, you know, it's a very simple um, exercise um, that when we, but when we do it, it's so, so powerful. Um, we use a lot of psychometric tools um, from strengths tools to, you know, personality tools uh, to collaboration tools to really understand how, for example, people collaborate and work, you know, the way they view collaboration. And, and then when we do these exercises, then we have those amazing aha moments because people are like, of course, you know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, you're hands off, I'm hands on, you know, that's the way that you're wired. Of course, I get frustrated, right? And it's mm-hmm. a conversation that is not accusing anyone, not because I think one of the biggest challenges that we have when we talk about inclusive workplaces and stuff like that is that we feel automatically that we're going to be judged, right? Mm-hmm. And that defies the whole exercise, right? The idea is to get an understanding of how we are wired. And when we get that, then we're more open to understand how other people are wired as well. And that makes it so much easier to decide how we engage with people based on who they are rather mm-hmm. than how we expect them to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so when you were talking about like helping you know, even not the CEO, like anyone figure out their leadership style or just how to, mm-hmm. to own, uh, it made me think of, um, there was a great book, how to lead when you're not in charge. So maybe mm-hmm. you, you've just got to have ownership of like your desk or your like 
closet or like your whatever, and then like at your department. And so, um, taking, you know, extreme ownership, um, a great one by Jocko Link. Um, mm-hmm. you know, people have got to really, you know, even if you're not, you don't have the title of CEO or COO or whatever that is. Um, mm-hmm. you know, those people are going to start looking at you and you, they know like they can count on you and you're, um, you're dependable, you're bringing great ideas, you're working hard, you're proving all of that. Um, and then just really resonated with, uh, you know, we're all different. Um, <laughs> we did uh, strength finders at our organization. You've probably used lots of different tools, yeah. disc profile, yeah. et cetera. But, you know, when you've got someone that's a really analytical and, you know, has to like think about things, don't spring something on them. Like, hey, have you thought about this? Oh, yeah. that's going to put them, you know, off. Uh, like get like, you know, send them an, an email and then like, don't just spring pop in their office and say, Hey, can you make a decision about that? Like they're going to have to take a little bit longer on some of those things and that diversity of, of thought and, um, diversity of, of different strengths is really important. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Are there any specific tools that you really love to use, uh, when you're coming into organizations? Yeah, so um, we use we use uh, Strength Finders um, here in the UK. We have a tool called Strength Scope, which is amazing. It's very it's it's strength based as well, um, but it looks at four strength clusters, and um, they're like emotional strength, execution strengths, um, thinking strengths, and emotional strengths. Right, and so such a powerful tool uh we've used disc before uh the big five before i mean again like i think the all all the all the tools have are amazing right like they're all amazing they all bring something different to the table um Mm -hmm. and what really makes a difference in the exercise is the intention or and the willingness behind the 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 people who are engaging in the exercise is the willingness to open up their minds and see uh, themselves first and then see other people for who they they are right um mm-hmm. and a lot of people are a bit don't really like tools because they're like oh that's gonna box me you know they don't want to be boxed you know uh, in in mm-hmm. a certain way but the tools are not there again to judge. They're just there to show us our tendencies. And then based on us having an understanding of tendencies, then we can navigate making decisions. But something you mentioned ownership. I love what you said about ownership. And it's so powerful when you have leaders that take ownership because I was actually having a conversation with someone today and we were talking about accountability. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the lack of accountability, you know, when people when leaders are not accountable. And the fact is, when you have an organization where people take ownership, mm-hmm. accountability doesn't doesn't is not something that is because um, you know, a lot of organizations use accountability as, you know, a way to um you know, blame or find who is responsible when something goes wrong right but Mm -hmm. when people are um they own their part they own their responsibility they own their area they own you know um parts of of their work that goes beyond the 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 minimum requirement 
then the need for accountability really changes, right? It's not, mm -hmm. it's not that much. So yeah, so ownership 100% is one of the things that any leader, you know, I, in my opinion, should make a decision that they will engage in, um, in order to create an environment that is great for everyone on their team. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, so switching gears a little bit, um, you know, uh, there are, uh, shattering the glass ceiling, you know, we're talking about women in leadership and mm -hmm. that's certainly been a passion of mine. Um, mm -hmm. I, as you know, there are more and more women going into healthcare, like pharmacy, we've got, you know, 65 plus percent of people. How do we have, uh, encourage the pipeline of female leaders and grow them? How do, you know, what are some of the barriers and things and how can organizations support women leadership? And, um, mm -hmm. I have a book out on that, um, how pharmacists lead that is on Amazon, but, um, you know, you work with, uh, different companies that have, um, places all over the world. What's, um, what are some of the great, uh, you know, why are some programs don't work or how do we, uh, really encourage and what are some of the effective pathways that you've seen? Yeah. Um, I love this question. I could talk about this all day. <laughs> um, okay. So there are, there, there's two, there's, there's two things. Let's talk about the, 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 the challenge with women in leadership. And then let's talk about, um, programs and why they don't work. So, First of all, um, I mean, you know, we we work in many organizations, um, a, a lot of bigger organizations who um, have are interested in getting the women to take on leadership roles. But sometimes it's a good intention that is not backed with a strategy, right? So they talk about the fact that they would like more women to take on leadership roles, but it, there's no strategy behind it. And in order for women to take on, and I'm talking about, you know, a woman becoming, because at management level, you will find a lot of women. And that's, that's not the issue. The issue is C-level role, partnership roles, um, you know, the, that's where we, we see a gap. And so there's two things. Number one, um, there's the fact that we the women themselves um, need to have a, the need to um, have these roles, but they don't have the skills, they don't have the experience or the exposure that they need to do it. And um, even though they engage in leadership development themselves, it, it has to be it has to be combined with the organization like you know the bosses need to be in, involved right like it's it can't just be a desire that they have to become a leader and and that it's not supported and backed by the people the decision makers in the organization so mm -hmm. um so a lot of times what i see is that women go and they 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 work on themselves they engage in coaching they do training to improve their skills and I have to say that most of the time, actually, it's not the training that is needed. It's more the mindset part of it, right? The mindset mm -hmm. that that really um, gives them the fortitude to go and ask for the promotion, to be visible, to uh, be in, in environments where 
they don't feel welcome, but they still, you know, need to be there and show up and 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 do their best in the in those circumstances. So you've got the women doing the work to to really move forward and improve the, their skills and grow their capacity so that they can have those positions. Um, but then you still have the organization that needs to be on you know in the same on the same page and that's where i find a lot of the challenges are because even though the organizations say that they would like women to lead they don't have the infrastructure they don't have the support um you know they don't have the mentorship um they don't have the mentorship capacity to enable the women to um um to to actually take on these roles um and then the other thing that I would say is that um, a lot of programs, they don't work, again, because they focus on fixing the woman, right? And the woman doesn't need fixing. The system needs fixing. So some of these conversations that we have inside of programs need, need to be not exclusively um, had with, with the women. They need to take place with leaders and decision makers inside of organizations, right? Mm -hmm. um and that is what i i find is lacking um yeah okay. so yeah and some of the programs that we run i mean we see the power and i'm i'm a firm believer that um in order to succeed in, in some industries it's it's more prevalent than others um a woman who wants to to take have a you know a position at in a, at a C level or a director level partner level uh, they really uh, need to master their mindset right because mm -hmm. they're going to have challenges that their male counterparts will not have um, but in addition to them working on their mindset there are some institutional changes that need to take place as well and that's a, a massive it's a bigger conversation um, yeah but yeah yeah. And so I guess a lot of that just from like executive coaching, not necessarily needing to build up any other skills. It's like, we don't raise our hand because we don't feel that everything is perfect and just right. Or that we check all the boxes. Whereas oftentimes the guys don't mind doing that. Um, well, what, tell us a little bit more about, um, some of the lessons learned and coaching um, you've got this women leaders odyssey, you know, when we think of the odyssey, we think of this big journey. Um, but tell us a little bit more about um, that. Yeah, I think one of the, one of the biggest challenges that we have as women is that we tend to care about what people think. Mm -hmm. right and and when you when you are on this kind of journey where you really want to go to that next level in your leadership um the only the, the opinions that matter in your life or the opinions or the the thoughts that are circulating in your mind they have to be very 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 um carefully selected um yeah, and I have found that in programs, the women who make a decision that they're going to work on their mindset and they make a decision on um, who they're going to listen to, 
what they're going to allow to speak in in their lives mm -hmm. um they do so much so much better when they make a decision that they don't care about what people think right and they go they just go all in into this is my truth this is who i am this is how i'm wired as a leader these are my these are my strengths that i bring to the table when they can articulate those strengths and they own who they are the whole of them right when when they do that and they walk into any room they will command respect mm -hmm. but if we are worried about what people will say how we're going to affect someone if someone going to get is someone going to be offended blah 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 and we kind of walk away from the who we are and what we bring to the table and all that kind of stuff that's when it it just doesn't work right Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I think that this is this is one of the biggest keys to going to that next level um, when it comes to women in leadership. Uh, but again, I do believe that there's a, a personal development journey that needs to be embarked on. But I also do believe that organizations have a responsibility to have a strategy to bring women on the journey right because a lot of times when you have male at the top they have a tendency to mentor and to look after um men right it's so much easier for them to do that um but having said that i have also encountered in my work some really amazing men who are brilliant at empowering women and all of them, each and every one of them, they they just make a decision, right, I'm going to make this matter in the organization, I'm going to have a strategy for it, I'm going to watch out for it, I'm going to make sure that I um, watch out for who are the key women that I'd love to develop, and they're intentional and proactive about it, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Definitely. Well, um, of course I love, you know, women supporting women, but, um, tell us a little bit, you know, we've got multi-generational, uh, people in the workforce. So, um, what about Gen Z? You know, they're totally, we've got all the different memes and things of how, you know, the boomers and millennials and how, uh, uh, how everybody works, but how do we get them ready for taking on, you know, the next wave of leadership? Yeah, so uh, this is interesting topic because the the challenge that I've seen in the workplace is that each generation would like the next generation to be more like them, right? So you've mm -hmm. got the boomers, which are obviously retiring now. Um, then you've got Gen X taking over the leadership roles. They're completely different to how boomers used to lead. Then you've got millennials who... Um, are you know they the the way that they think and the way that they the things that they value are completely different to um the uh the the gen the, to Gen X and then you've got the Gen Gen Z who are coming along and they again have a different way of seeing life they everything is digital they they um they have a different way of thinking about what what they value about life uh, they value um. Uh, sustainability like no other generation has they value um well-being the way no other generation has they're very um literate when it comes to everything um tech uh, tech or um online and so 
the way that they see the world is completely different. And so in order to prepare Gen Z to lead in a way that, in my opinion, could really bring some good change into this world, the previous generations have to realize that they're never going to lead like them, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's it's that whole thing and that whole mindset, again, of embracing what is and and bringing wisdom to it uh, mm-hmm. without without trying to um, change it for the sake of changing it, right? Because I, I hear a lot of, um, I work with a lot of um, organizations who, uh, you know, th- they try to change Gen Z because they mm-hmm. don't like the way that they are, but that's just the way that they are, right? So if we want right. to support them, we need to become leaders who understand the way that they're wired and how they think and what matters to them, so that we can lead them more effectively. But if we try to fight, it's like, you know, anyone who's been a teenager, you know, like, or if you're a parent and you have a teenager, you know that by fighting your teenager, you're not going to get anywhere, right? Like, and it's that kind of same dynamic of how, what is the most effective way of communicating with the next generation to get the best out of them, right? Mm -hmm. What are the gaps? Of course, there are gaps. You know, there are things that they don't consider, that they don't understand. But by fighting with them, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> and I think yeah. for me, that that's the biggest um, observation that I have is that tendency to want the next generation to be like us. And that's just never going to happen. You know, mm-hmm. instead, we should think, OK, what do they like? What motivates them? What's good about the way that they what's good about it? Right. Okay, we know what's not good about it, but what's good about what's what is actually good about it, and what can, can we do to bring them on a discovery journey or on a wisdom journey, which definitely is needed in a way that they're receptive to it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, I mean, when you've got a generation that grew up around phones and. Uh, being able to use a smartphone by the age of like three or, you know, whatever, yeah. then they're going to prefer digital. And and it has been interesting to see um, a lot of the, you know, workplace going hybrid or fully remote yeah. or, you know, there's pros and cons, of course, to all of that. But um, like, you know, they know how to use TikTok and some of these other um, social media platforms to reach people and just have a totally different way of kind of thinking and bringing that perspective. So yeah, very interesting. Um, well, Rosalie, this was, uh, such a delight to kind of explore some of the things that you've learned about helping leaders at lots of different, um, organizations. Uh, one of the questions that I love to ask all of our guests is what is some advice that you would share with your younger self or for others out there who are just getting started in their career? Yeah. Um, I would say really get to know yourself. And I know that sounds so cliche, (laughs) but it's so not, you know, learn, Mm -hmm. really learn to know and understand how you're wired, what makes you special and unique, what 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 do you bring to the table as an indiv- as a whole individual, you know? Um, what are your strengths? Uh, you know, because when we become confident, when we, when we first of all, when we 
discover how we're wired. Um, and then we accept who we are. We become such powerful leaders, right? We know mm -hmm. who to bring to the table with us on the journey with us because we know we lack on certain strengths. We know um, for sure what are the things that we bring to the table and we can bring that with certainty and confidence. We mm -hmm. know um, how to, what to avoid, how to manage our energy, right? Our, our, you know, the time that we spend doing things that are completely against our strengths, we can cut that in half and really focus on the things that we're really, really uh, great at doing and producing great work. So I think that when we're leaders who understand who we are, how we're wired, um, and we use tools that are evidence-based to help us do that and we do coaching so that we can the power of a coach is that you know coaches someone that will sometimes work as a as a mirror right and and see and say okay this is what I see in you or this is what I see is happening or this is where I see you you have resistance sometimes a coach can see things in us that we can't see ourselves and so when we do this personal development work in a powerful way then we become amazing capable leaders um and definitely I, I if I had to do it all over again I would have done this work way earlier in the journey um I think that would have really made a difference in the way that I lead right now um, although I'm really grateful with where I am now I think um that's a big big piece of of the puzzle yeah yeah Okay. Well, love it. Um, Rosalie, thank you so much for being a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast, rating, and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. 